My name's Christian. I'll be uh, preaching today. And um, we will be going through... I'll keep it a secret for now, shall I? I've already had one person say to me, um, I might fall asleep in your preach. It's just never a great start, is it? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And uh, I'm going to be monitoring this very closely. I'll not name them, Dean. But... Oh, no. Sorry. (laughs) He was on Street Pastors. Fair play. We got it. Give him his credit there. He has a, he has a reason. He's always on street passes when I'm preaching. So <laughs> he says. <laughs> but there we go. So um, I'm going to give you um, a few headlines here. And um, I'm going to ask you how you feel as I speak these out. All right. So the first one. This summer is set to be the wettest on record. Boo. Boo. Oh, we'll have a few boos. Not, not feeling very good about that. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Not happy. Not happy with that one. Um, Holiday makers nightmare. More delays, hours of traffic chaos this summer on UK's damaged roads. Another boo. Another boo. Not happy with these, are we? We're not happy. We're not happy. I can see that. Uh, Doctors to strike unless they get a staggering 80% increase. They're holding the country to ransom. Boo again. We've got a few boos. Um, They're all fake news. Don't worry. (laughs) I just made them up. But you didn't know, did you? Because the other kind of things you'd normally read. Um, but uh, over the last 20 years, newspapers and social media have increasingly made and pushed negative stories. You may be aware of this. Um, there's been a, at least a 100% increase. That's double, for those that don't like that number. There's been a, at least a double of the amount of uh, negative stories now in the news. And uh, it's, um, it's basically stokes injustice within us. It does give us a tendency to get quite angry. But it is done very deliberately um, because there's a tendency within us to want to read that stuff, apparently. I don't know if you're aware of that. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't really care about Philip Schofield or Holly Willoughby. I, I, I don't mean that in a Christian way, unchristian way. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, it's just I don't care about their lives and all the rest of this. But I was scrolling through the news yesterday, and apparently, allegedly, they're not in a good place with each other right now, those two. So, you know, I just read it. But I don't care. And I was scrolling through it, and I just clicked on it. And I thought, what am I doing? I don't even care about these people. I don't watch ITV, whatever it is, in the morning. And so I'm finding myself reading the start of a negative news story because it was negative. And I'm thinking, let's get off that quite quickly because it's actually no use to me and I'm not even interested in the slightest about these people. And it is one of those things that we are tending, a lot of the time, we do tend towards the negative. If the news article said, Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield go away on a lovely retreat somewhere and have a lovely time, guess what? I wouldn't have clicked on it. I'd have just scrolled through it. But that's the way it is. So the things we click on a lot of the time are the negatives. The things we click on and they go, ooh, would you look at that? That's what's going on there. Let's have a good read of it. Anyway, what else annoys you? Look at you, you're really holy. It's lovely being your pastor. You're absolutely wonderful people. <laughs> I have nothing that annoys me. I'm having a great time. Anything that annoys you at all? Sorry? The pastor snitch? That wasn't snitching. That was just being honest. <laughs> I'm just, you know. 
I picked you up at the end. I said you did three pastors. You know. Um, what, what else, apart from the pastor snitching on you? Go on. Oh. It's getting a bit... Gonna be di- everyone who doesn't use their indicators now is going, whoo! <laughs> so, fair enough, Sharon. Watch out for yourself. If you don't use your indicators, then Sharon's behind you. You'll, uh, <laughs> you'll be annoying her there. Uh, Wi-Fi not connecting seems to be quite hot, hot on the list. Do you ever get annoyed with the Wi-Fi not connecting? Do you ever give thanks when the Wi-Fi does connect? Do you, do you ever go, oh, praise be, the Wi-Fi's connected? <laughs> no, we never do that. We just go, oh, the Wi-Fi's down again. So, uh, people queue jumping, how do you feel about that? No, we, I, that's the biggie for me. I don't know what it is. If we're in a, on a motorway, do you know when it, you're on a motorway and it goes down to one lane in a mile, right? So we go in the left-hand lane straight away down to that thing and there's people still whizzing down the, the right-hand lane at 70 miles an hour. And, then you, and I'm all right at that point. I'm all right at that point. It's when you stop and you start queuing and the people on the right-hand side start indicating to come in. Indi- they are indicating. <laughs> and I'm like, are you letting them in, Ange? You can't let them in. They've just... <laughs> you can't do that. She's going, oh, we've got to be nice to them. We don't. <laughs> we don't have to be nice to them. They've just come, they've overtaken 60 miles of traffic. Anyway, that's a personal annoyance. I'm still working through right now, <laughs> as you can tell. But there we are. Um, so basically, certain things and certain newspaper articles, as you've seen as well, they cause us to focus on injustices. They cause us to focus on things that aren't right. They cause us to focus on why life's unfair and on ourselves. And so we go around when we're looking at things like that, seeing only that which is bad and only complaining to anyone who will listen. Does that relate? Yeah, let's read a verse from the Bible. Oh, great, now he's getting into the Bible. Romans 1, verse 21, says the following. Okay, so this is written to people who did know God. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. So thanklessness leads to us focusing on ourselves, on everything that isn't right. Our thoughts, it says they become futile. That means confused. All right, so we become much more confused like that and empty. Our minds become darkened. And we develop a wrong view of God, and we develop a wrong view of life. So it's actually quite important that we're thankful. It actually makes a huge, huge difference to our whole perspective on life and our whole mindsets. Because after a while, we become grumblers, and we become complainers. We become fault finders, and we become grumpy. And we only start to see things that are wrong. And that's a bit of a dangerous place to find ourselves in. We start moaning that we're not getting what we want. We start complaining that we're not getting what we deserve and what is rightfully ours. And no one is helping. And in this mindset, everything becomes so much heavier. Everything becomes so much harder. And in fact, complaining, according to research, makes you miserable. Isn't that interesting? I'm smiling. Anyway, there you go. So the opposite of a thankless heart is what? A thank. Oh, they've given the game away. 
A thankful heart. We're going to look at that more in detail now. So the power of a thankful heart. What is it? Why is the Bible talking about us being thankful all the time? Because it's a massive, massive thing that reads all the way through Scripture that we, we are to be thankful. We're to be grateful. And that's what we're, we're looking at. Now, it's important that I, I start with defining this before we go any further. Thankfulness is not just saying thanks. That's important. If you've ever had a child or a teacher, and, and, and they say, what are you going to say? And they go, thanks. <laughs> that's not really a grateful heart. Okay, that's just forced word of thanks. Where is more to do with an attitude. So when it's, the Bible will say a lot of the time, be grateful. The word be means from an attitude. It, we're talking about it coming from the heart. We're grateful for the things we have, however small. Does that make sense? Okay, it's the, the, op, the, it's the opposition really to this is moaning about what we don't have. Okay, grateful for the things we do have rather than moaning about the things that we don't have. It's not a behavior, it comes from the heart. It's an attitude now that Jesus is always working into us. So it's a journey, all right? We're not saying you've got to be like this immediately. It's an attitude that Jesus continues to work into us. And he commands us to be thankful Several times in the Bible does. So why be grateful? Any ideas? Turns page 37 and <laughs> why, be why be grateful? Why, why is it good for you to be grateful? Feel better? Yeah, it's true. Go on. Appreciation. Yes, you appreciate what you have. And effectively, it changes our mindsets completely. So if I'm being um, thankful, I take my mind off myself and I then put it on to God, off my circumstances and onto him. It takes my eyes off me down here where everything's dark and rubbish and onto God, from, the, from down to up above. Does that make sense? Yeah, thankfulness is very good for the soul. Smile, Chris, it's good for you. <laughs> I'm giving you something which is great. And it does a huge amount else for us. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says the following, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he or for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So thankfulness enriches our prayer life, first of all. If our prayer life is literally a list of can I have this? Can I have that? Will you do this? Will you do that? Then, well, that's called supplication. That's, that is a bit of prayer, but it's not all of it. it. A massive part of it is thanks. A massive part of prayer is thanking. And the more we bring that in, the more we will live in peace, which is very, very, very important. So if you want to enjoy your prayer times more, start thanking more. That's a really important part of thanks, a, a, a part of prayer. As we give thanks in prayer, God's peace is released into our hearts. That's really important. So that's what Philippians is talking about. The peace of God is released into us more and more. And it's a peace that takes away the weight of our cares. More and more and more, we will not be worried and bogged down and anxious because of the thankfulness in our prayers. 
Thankfulness releases the weight off our shoulders a lot of the time as we give thanks to Jesus for what he's doing in our lives and how he works. And it makes a huge, huge difference. But it's not the only thing. Psalm 100 says a lot of wonderful things. I'm going to read the whole psalm, if that's all right. Thank you. (laughs) Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. It's a wonderful psalm. And it shows that thankfulness, an attitude of thankfulness, leads us into the very presence of God. As we focus on him through thanks, increasingly we sense an awareness of the fact that Jesus is with us, that God is with us there and then. I, a few, I don't know how long ago it was now, but very recent anyway, I uh, had a, a whole load of bad news all thrown on top of me in the same hour, shall we say, and I went to bed feeling rubbish. You know when you go to bed feeling absolutely drained and everything's going wrong and all the rest of it? And I went to bed in that particular state, not happy in the slightest, woke up exactly the same. Sometimes I wake up in a different mood. This particular time I woke up feeling pretty drained again, exactly the same. I spent some time with Jesus. I spent some time just thanking him. I spent some time being with him and thanking him for who he was and that he was with me. And oh my word, the presence of God itself just lifted off me. All of the things were draining. My circumstances didn't change. My issues didn't change. The things that I had to deal with were still there. But the power of the presence of God at that point just shifted out everything that was causing issues. Does that make sense? Yeah? Thankfulness. Enter his gates. Enter his courts with thanksgiving. It's the start of it all. It's focusing our mind on Jesus. We are always in his presence. Absolutely. But as we say, thank you that I am now with you, there is something that unlocks inside of us that enables us to experience more and more and more of the presence of God. And it's the power of that presence of God that will lift a lot of stuff off your shoulders. It's the power of the presence of God that will take our relationships with him far, far further, far richer than ever before. Amen? Yeah. So enjoy what he's given you, but what there is a key. Thanksgiving, giving of thanks is a huge key to unlocking a deeper and a richer relationship with God than we may have experienced in the past. Okay? That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah? Okay. That's good. But it does. It's, it's, um, it literally switches your focus from down to up. Your, our issues won't change. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not going, da-da-da-da. I'll just say thank you a few times, and all of a sudden my issues will change. Your issues won't change. I'm not, I'm not promising that. But your attitude towards your issues will change. And that's what actually happens inside. We have more inner strength to deal with the things that are in front of us. So it's, there's some interesting things that come through the Bible here, almost hidden things. Thankfulness strengthens our faith. And it's interesting in these a couple of bits, I'll just bring out. John chapter 6, before the feeding of the 5,000, um, Jesus gave thanks to God. 
before he broke the bread. And then there was enough bread to go around with enough for everyone, enough for some baskets, enough for some waste, you know, <laughs> if you want to go with that. John chapter 11, Jesus gives thanks to God again before he raises Lazarus from the dead. There's thankfulness going on again and again and again throughout the Bible before a major miracle, before something happens. It, it puts our eyes onto Jesus. Giving thanks puts our eyes onto Jesus. And as, as our eyes go onto Jesus, as our eyes go onto God, as we focus on him, our faith is strengthened on the inside. Amen? Yeah? Because we're not called to do miracles and healings by ourselves and by our own strength. Who does them? God, thank you. <laughs> yes? Thank you. Right. I'm just going to pause a little bit. Maybe I'm going too fast. It's God that does these things through us. So it's one of those things as we thank, as we focus on him, the thankfulness is really a massive part. Throughout the Bible it says fix your eyes on Jesus, fix your thoughts on Jesus, fix your heart on things above. It's all about fixing our eyes up here. And as more we do it, the more we fix our perspective on the heavens, on Jesus himself, the more our faith is strengthened. The more we will grow in our faith. And that then makes a huge difference to the way we handle life. Okay? This is exciting, isn't it? I bet you're glad you came today. <laughs> I am anyway. Thanks for coming. <laughs> you put invites out, but you don't know who's going to show up. <laughs> uh, research. Let's, get, let's just have a look at some science. If, you don't, if you're hearing you're just thinking, well, I'm not too sure about this. Let's have a look at some science. Research shows that there are some major benefits to being thankful. Apparently... According to um, a number of studies that are being done, being thankful reduces stress and anxiety. We've already really talked about that. Research shows that a single act of gratitude produces an immediate 10% increase in happiness and a 35% reduction in depressive symptoms. If that wasn't a reason to be thankful, then I don't know what is. You're going to do it now. Some of you are looking at me like this. <laughs> I like being stressed. Fair enough. Um, moving on, it energizes us, keeps us alert and enthusiastic. It needs a bit more energy in their lives. <laughs> it increases our well-being. It enhances your positive emotions, increases your self-esteem, and gives you better sleep. If you need better sleep, then be more thankful, apparently. These are, this is science speaking now. I'm just going off that um, because this has been researched by many psychological um, studies. And it's an interesting one. It, I mean, a few of those things you'd see in the Bible, but I don't think they examine sleep. So uh, <laughs> there we are. But there we are. So what are we to thank God for? There's a couple of things, really, that I would mention. Who God is and what he does and what he's given. Okay? And the more we focus on those things, again, the bigger and the better it's going to be. Um, so a God who is a God who loves us, a God who knows us on the inside out, a God who's with us, who's faithful, who never departs from us. The more I thank God that he's always with me, the more I sense his presence. Okay? It's, it's a massive one. It's his promise. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Thank him for that. And thank him for that. And thank him for that. Thank him throughout the day. 
Yeah, being a Christian isn't about doing a Bible study and forgetting about him for the rest of the day. Yeah, thank him throughout the day. He's never, ever leaving us. He's never, ever, ever departing from us. He's there with you right now as you listen or fall asleep in my sermon. Yes, he's right there right now. Okay, and, and thank him for that. And the more we thank him, the more we experience that because it's the reality of life. That's who he is. He's there and it, he's actually... For us, he's with us, he's fighting for us in every single aspect of the way. Is that good? Yeah. Thank him for those things. Thank him because he deserves to be thanked. Thank him for what he's given. He's given so much for us. And if you're struggling with that, then think of the gospel. Think of what Jesus has done. Jesus died on a cross that we may come into an ultimate and eternal relationship with him into a relationship that will never, ever go away because he's always now going to be there for us. And his death on the cross wipes us clear of all sin. As Beth was going through in the communion, wipes us clear of all guilt, wipes us clear of everything that stands in the way. Jesus went through the worst of the worst of the worst that we can enjoy an incredibly blessed relationship with him that will last for eternity. And that's absolutely essential that we know that. Okay, so how are we to journey more and more to be people of gratitude? Discuss. <laughs> Should I have a bonus scripture? It's not going to come up, so these are things I thought after the PowerPoint. Um, Philippians 4. Philippians is really good for thanks, by the way, and, and this kind of thing. Philippians 4, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So that comes shortly after what the, the other Philippians 4, one that I read about, um, praying with thanks. And the God of peace will be with you. This is the same. It's giving you tools, actually, to how to become more and more grateful because it's what we focus on that will make a huge difference to what's in our hearts. Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart because out of it is the wellspring of life. We need to be careful what we're putting into our hearts in order that good things may pour out. My dad, when he was alive, was the most chilled man, probably uh, one of the most chilled men that I knew. I remember ringing him one day, and he just ranted about the, 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 the life generally, and that he wouldn't trust a politician as far as he could throw him. Remember that? That's the, definitely part of the conversation. I say the conversation, I didn't really get much of a word in. He was just ranting, and he, it was so unlike him. It turned out he'd been reading an article in the Daily Mail about something. Yeah. I'm not down in the Daily Mail. There's other publications that will also say similar things. But the point is this. What we fill our minds with, what we fill our hearts with, will come out. And so Paul here writes, fix your thoughts, fix your minds on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And unfortunately, I've never seen much of that in many newspapers. But it's an interesting one. What do we dwell on? What do we think on? Um, because it will come out. It affects our words. It affects our thoughts. It affects our actions. 
Uh, more than that, though, that's just what we can do. Zechariah 12, let's go into the Old Testament, states that we have a spirit of grace and supplication in us. Ooh, that sounds interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. That's a, a very um, early premise of the, Holy, of the uh, Holy Spirit. Now, grace, as a word, shares the same root as thankfulness. That's interesting, isn't it? So, you have inside of you a spirit of thankfulness. Isaiah 61, verse 3, says that we have a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Amen? Yeah. So, thankfulness lives inside of you. You are rewired to be thankful. You are thankful people. You are praisers, not moaners. You are thankers, not complainers. That's who you are. Honestly, that's who you are. Really, it's true. That is who we are. We are those kind of people that go around being grateful, being positive, and it makes a huge, huge difference. The spirit in us looks for the good and not the bad. Amen? All right. And it's now how we're wired. For people and for life. I'll say that again. In people and in life, look for the good and not the bad. That's how we're now wired. And it's important that we get hold of that. That spirit of praise and thankfulness changes the world. Changes the world because it changes who we are and the world notices. As I've said many times, and I want you to remember this, this is probably the only thing you remember from this preach. We're not at home to Mr. Moan. Right? It's probably the only thing you remember. But, <laughs> but there you go. We use that at home around the dinner table, if the conversation turned negative. <laughs> well, not, it works. Try it. <laughs> but there we go. But it's true. It's absolutely true that the spirit of praise, the spirit of thankfulness that lives inside of each and every one of us will impact the world. It will make a huge, huge difference. Staying with Philippians 2, or staying with Philippians, but now into chapter 2, it says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining the bright, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. We keep talking about intentionally building community. The intentional, this is the intentional bit. Okay? It's, it's one thing to build community, but to do it intentionally means we're doing it for a purpose. We're going somewhere with it. And this bit here makes us look different. Amen? If we're going out, we will shine like stars in the world. When people look at us and go, wow, I can see something different about you. Because everyone else is moaning and groaning, and you're not. Everyone else is complaining, and you're being thankful for things. There's a huge difference because you'll be giving off a spirit of positivity around, and everyone else will be going negative all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah? And I've seen this before lots and lots of times in my own life. When I've been, people have said to me, how can you get to be so happy all the time? It's quite straightforward, really. Yeah, you've got Jesus living inside of you, and you've got a spirit of grace and praise, and you are literally focused on the good most of the time. And the number of people in school, I, I remember, actually, when I was working in school, as a math teacher, um, I did complain um, in a meeting once about something, and it shocked the whole department. They were all like, you never complain. And, and I, I thought, oh, obviously I've done something slightly wrong there. 
But it was, such an, it was such a shock to them because they were used to seeing me so positive all the time. They were used to seeing me so full of praise and thankfulness and grace that they wanted, well, it was how obviously I stood out in that place. And you can too, it's what we all do. It's not you can, it's we all do. Everywhere you go, people will see light and life on you. Amen? Yeah. Don't think your life's making no difference whatsoever. People notice. People notice every single time you don't complain. People notice every single time you live different. People notice every single time that you choose to go against the way of culture and society. Amen? It's true. People will know. People will look at it. People will go, you think, it's very easy to think that nothing's changing, nothing's going on. Everything is having an impact. God has called us to be salt and light. And as we shine as stars, as we shine as children of light, then that is how Jesus makes a massive impact in this, in this world. Okay. So on an application level, be careful what you focus on. That's what I'll, what I'll come back to at this particular point. On the good and not on the bad. On the pure and not on the impure. And do remember that inside us, there is a spirit that loves to praise and loves to give thanks. If I could have the band back up, that would be great at this point. I'm going to let you know about something. that is a bit of homework. I'd love to say a bit of homework. And yes, you will be in detention if you don't do it. So uh, do watch out. So um, if you are following us on Facebook, this is going to be really easy for you to do. If you're not, then I will set a different piece. If you're following us on Facebook for the next week, there will be a post that will come up and it will invite you to write down and comment on something that you are thankful for that day. All right? It's not up today, so the first one will be Monday and it will come up and it will say, you know, what are you thankful for today? Now, don't just copy and paste every single one and make them the same. Try and come up with some new ones every day. But what are you thankful for? And write down what you're thankful for for in that particular one. And it could be something about who God is. It could be something about what he's doing in your life, what, he's got, what, what he has done in your life, how he's given something in. It's your choice. If you haven't got Facebook and you're sitting there going, well, I've got no homework, write it down in a journal. It's good practice. It's really good practice to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. All right? It really is. Because the more we do so, the more we get grateful in our lives, then the more we are like Jesus. Jesus didn't go around moaning and groaning about things. He didn't go around complaining. He looked for the good in people. He looked to see, take people on. And obviously, there are times in our lives where we need to uh, take on board a little bit of the massive benefits that come with that as well. Now, in a moment... I'm going to pray um, as well, but uh, we'll f don't forget what we said before. And if, you know, Jesus died. Jesus died so that we could come into a place with him where eternity was waiting. He died for us on a cross that we could enjoy an eternal relationship with him. And in a moment, I'm going to pray. And you may find yourself in one of the following three categories. So can I have every head, every head here bowed, please, at this point? So the first one is that you don't know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior. That you've never been a Christian. And you'd like to make this day today where you begin your relationship with him. 
Secondly, the second category is that you used to walk with Jesus and you would like to reconnect with him today. Like to recommit your life to him today. And the third category is that you're not sure of your salvation. You're not sure that at the end of your life you will be going to heaven and you desire the certainty that Jesus offers. Now, if you relate to any of those three, then please pray along with me now, repeating these words out of your heart. And I'll pray now slowly. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing. and to receive me as your child. I commit my life to you now. Amen. Now with every head bowed still, could I ask you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer today? Anybody else? Thank you. Okay, for the people that have raised their hands then, we'll just pray for you now. Lord God, I pray for these people, these wonderful people, that they will receive your peace and receive your presence right now. They will know your presence with them, not just today, but for the rest of their lives, Lord God. They'll know your closeness. They'll know your nearness, Lord Jesus. And they'll know that you're walking with them everywhere. In Jesus' name, amen.